I greet you in the name of Almighty God. Oh. Elohim. Yahweh. Adonai. El Shaddai. Yadayah. Emmanuel. Elohim. <laughs> the Lord Jesus Christ. The God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ. How might we give a title to the Bible indicating its contents? Perhaps you could say it's the Word of God, or the way of salvation. The story of the Jews. Someone has said that the Bible's title should be the story, two stories of redemption. It's about two stories of redemption. What are those two stories? Hmm? What's the story in the Old Testament? From the story of the escape from Egypt, from the heel of Pharaoh, and the New Testament is a story of the escape from the prince of darkness, the prince of death, under the lordship of Jesus. I have today another suggestion for a title. I think my title today is the key to eternal life. And the subtitle would be The Death of Death. Today the whole wide world church joins us because believers celebrate the resurrection of Jesus 365 days a year. And today the so-called Christian church across the world joins us in our celebration. So let's together proclaim the seven words that changed human destiny. What are those? The trim Bible words that changed human destiny. You're not allowed to talk. There are seven human words. They're words of one syllable. One has got sort of two syllables. What? You always get it right, don't you, Dawn? She's very clever. She comes to the Thursday morning bubble. She knows all the answers. He is not here. He is risen. They've come with their spikenard. They've come to anoint the body. Takuli's gone. Been a grave robber. One very clever academic skeptic says, Oh, well, he didn't really rise. The Pharisees stole him, he says. 
So when they were preaching the resurrection, why didn't they produce the body then? I'm going to ask you to proclaim with me those seven words. And we announce it to the world, with the worldwide church. Let's say it together. He is not here. He is risen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) They come all that way. And apparently the anointing was quite heavy and they become quite away. It's gone. He's gone. And there were these two angels. Well, the women said, so you know what women are. You know, <laughs> you know angels. And, uh, so, beloved, this mortal life is the curtain raiser. You know, it's not the main match. The curtain raiser is the time filler before the main match. And this mortal life is not the real thing. It's not what we're here. It's what we're waiting for. Yeah, in the in the New American Standard Version of the Bible. Where the word is translated eternal life in all the other scriptures, because that's what the word means, the New American Standard Version says, uh, it uses the word life that is life. So as far as God's concerned, this existence we're going through now is not life. Not as far as God's concerned. And all the stuff we're wrapped up in now on this planet is not what God calls life. He finds it pretty hard to believe. And Jesus was astonished by what goes on here in the name of life. There was a philosopher, a British philosopher called Thomas Hobbes. He says, this life is solitary, short, Brutish and poor. Solitary, poor, brutish and short. We caught up in this life. Our senses demand attention to everything that's going on in this life. It's not relevant. It doesn't matter. We're getting ready. We're in the dressing room. From the beginning of the Old Testament, God has prepared preparing the human being for life. And so Abraham was told that his beloved son Isaac would be the father of the Jewish race. And God told him to kill him. And Abraham believed Well, if God says Isaac's going to be the father of the Jewish race and I've got to kill him, that means God's going to raise him from the dead. 
And so in Hebrews 11 we learn that there was a figure, that was a metaphorical sign. The rising of Isaac uh, was a sign of the resurrection. He received him as risen from the dead. And Job, uh, Job, some say that was written before Genesis. Job said, when worms eat my body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. Now right there in the beginning, the story of eternal life from this mortal life was embedded in the saga of Holy Scripture. Jesus said, those who believe in me will never die. Though they were dead, yet shall they live. But, 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 people are dying all over the place. Believers do not die. The CV or the biography of a believer is this. Born dead and hostile to God, reconciled to God by faith in Jesus, justified before a holy God in the resurrection and by the blood of the Lamb, sanctified by the grace of God, and then glorified. So believers do not die, they are glorified. They move from the less to the more, from the limited to the limitless, to the disappointed, to the fulfilled, to the failure, to the triumph. We are glorified. We, gave, we come from that which isn't to that which is. From joy to tears, from belonging to belonging, not bereavement, to triumph, not failure, dancing with God, not desolation. Scripture says, to live is Christ, but to die is gain, as profit. To die is gain. It's not loss, it's more. To die is gain. It's expanse. Oh dear, auntie has died. Wonderful for auntie. Wonderful things happened to my brother last week. He was glorified. Wonderful news. Yes. It's marvelous. And we cry for Ian to be glorified. I cry for Athelie to be glorified. Well, for all of us to be glorified. To die is gain. It's wonderful. 
It's not this life. This, this mortal life is a waste of space. The scripture says it's vapor. It's mist. It's, uh, it's a misfire. It's been, the whole universe has been desecrated. Says here, to be free from this mortal straitjacket and glorified with God in heaven is the most exhilarating experience anyone has enjoyed. So, so you think of the good things. I think uh, the great things I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed going down the Zambezi with, with Jane on that kayak, and I've enjoyed skiing, and uh, lots of exciting things I've enjoyed. But there's nothing compared with what I'm looking forward to when I'm glorified. <laughs> you know, I've never understood why people have to wear black at funerals. What? The, qu- the Queen Juliana of the Netherlands, she got it right. She says, at my funeral there will be no black. The horses will be white. Everything will be white. Because she understood that she was going to be glorified. Now, if you're a queen, you're fairly glorious in any case with all the stuff. There's nothing compared with being glorified as a believer. (laughs) To being a, a royal priest. When we are glorified, we go into the realm of the kingdom where the children of the king... And we're royal priests and archangels, these mighty beings, bow before us when, they, when we pass by. Because we are family and they're servants. And family and servants are different. The angels are servants, ministers of God, flames of fire. But we are the children of God. We are royal priests to die is gain. We are glorified. I'm going to be glorified. So, you know, Jesus in his earthly ministry, he raised Lazarus backwards. And the widow of Cain's son, remember, and the Reverend Jairus' daughter, they were raised up to meet the needs of, of the struggle in this plowed field here, this, this gluey ter- life. Uh, the, the, widow, the widow needed man to look after in that culture. They had, to be, they had to go through the door later. I mean, last year, Jane was a complete failure. She was right there. She was, I, I was there. She was, she, she was as white as a sheet. I was there. I thought, I thought the very last breath, she was there. And I'd been down with, uh, with Val, and we'd, I'd got the coffin, uh, ordered it all up, and we had the flowers organized. We had arranged the funeral. And then she blew it. Uh, you're a failure, Jane. Do it better next time. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. She is a very good sergeant major. I want to be glorified. 
Have you done your marching today? Lift your knees, lift your knees, all that stuff. So this is the gospel. That's the good news. We've got to spread to the world, don't worry. This is not the thing. This is not what you make life. This is just a time waster. It is a preparation. There's a preparation going on. But the real thing, the real thing, Jesus, God did not create this world as it is. The, 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 the fall, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and ate the forbidden fruit, the whole universe went through a calamity. But before that, Satan, who had been Lucifer, Lucifer, the mighty archangel who had been entrusted with the management of God's universe, uh, he rebelled and, and brought death. And, and Satan wanted to remove any sign of the glory of God from creation. And he did a fairly good job. But the glory of God still comes bursting through. But this universe is not going to be patched up. It's going to be burnt up. It's going to be rolled up like a garment and put in the incinerator. And God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. But eternal life's a gift. It's a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't deserve it. It's a gift. Uh, I mean, if you're given a, a, a new robe for your birthday or for Christmas or for whatever, you don't just hang it up in the cupboard. You've got to use it. You've got to put it on. And the word of God says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, The key, how how do we get into this? How do we put on this eternal life? The cross is the key. And you put the key in the door. What's the door? Well, Jesus says, I'm the door. So you put the key in the door of Jesus. You open the door. You enter into life. Even in this life. Even, Even now, we... We've entered into life when we have received Jesus in our hearts. And, and immediately our spirits are raised up and seated with Jesus in heavenly places. So we're already schizophrenic because in spiritual terms, we're already there. Now when we glorify it and we get free from this thing, the soul joins the spirit. But still our body's left behind because in heaven you don't need an earthly body. Only need an earthly body for the new earth, which is coming. And uh, when Jesus comes, he burns up this universe and creates a new heaven and a new earth. And the animal kingdom is going to be herbivorous. I've said to Mike Murray before, <coughs> there won't be any more kills in the Alcavango swamps. 
There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. There's going to be no gender there. Everything's going to be in perfect balance. You know, Einstein's story. No waste, no death. And you open the door and you enter into life loud and then our physical bodies will be raised to join our soul and spirit in the new heaven and the new earth. As always, there's a catch. What's the catch? The catch is that when we follow Jesus, we will be persecuted. We'll be persecuted for our faith. Today, or yesterday, Christian places of worship were bombed because the Christians there were proclaiming the resurrection. And, and Paul was persecuted for a particular reason. The reason Paul was persecuted because he preached the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. In the Old Testament, when Israel rebelled, the punishment was snakes. And snakes came and bit the rebellious Israelites and thousands of them died. So they called on Moses and God told Moses to put up a brazen serpent on a sling. And one look, one look at the brazen serpent. And the poison stopped. It's a picture of sin and salvation by faith in the cross of Jesus, which is empty. And the grave of which we sung, which is also empty. Our responsibility is to spread the good news that Jesus is risen, that death has been abolished, to die is gain. And so we wait for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're leaving the planet. Amen.